Hello, hello, hello. How is everyone? Firstly, uh, this is our third or second or third attempt at recording this episode because the first one actually didn't turn out to be that good. And we want to only provide quality content for everyone of our listeners. Today's episode, we have two special guests. Well, one not so special because he he's as unspecial as me, Sanjeet, and Aryan. <laughs> at this point, yeah. at this point, he is part of the gang. So it's Amartya Acharya, and our second guest is a very special guest. He's a filmstagram legend, I guess is is legend the correct word? Simon Ezra, who who basically has initiated this kind of topic in a in a strange sort of way. Uh, Simon, would you like to say hello to everyone? Hello, hello. I mean, not just very hello. Excited, you can say more very excited for this episode. <laughs> real okay. recording of this episode. Uh, that sounds very sarcastic. Uh, but but okay. <laughs> but but we. I like the first recording, to be honest. Too much information. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. But yes, we'll, point very, we are, we very have streamlined the barrage of stuff we say in the mm-hmm. second one in the first recording. Anyways, our topic today is. on japanese cinema and the first thing i kind of want to address here is that we aren't going to address the entirety or even like 5% of what there is in japanese cinema what... yeah because news flash that is impossible <laughs> yeah i mean we we'll have to become a japanese uh, cinema podcast to actually go into like every detail and depth of that yeah. form of uh, cinema but because not we a can't... bad idea by the way I mean, not a bad idea for we'll, a spin-off. We'll, we'll we'll miss Kumu's dead pod podcast. Yeah, not for a yeah. spin-off. Not a bad idea. <laughs> I mean, uh, Amartya will be the author of that. So and and Bong, both of them can do it. I will join occasionally. Anyways, idea being that our intention with this is more to explore different styles within a national cinema. So basically, Japanese cinema has so many directors, so many films, and we've selected three films today. which we are going to talk about which have very different styles and have very different ways of communicating uh themes which are very relevant to their particular time and they're kind of timeless in in one way or another or another so don't think of this please as as the definite japanese cinema episode we'll probably oh, 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 oh hello <laughs> yeah yeah we'll de- we'll probably have more editions of this style of episode if it does well or i mean even if it doesn't do well we we enjoy doing this so i guess we'll we'll just do it more so the f- three films that we've selected for this uh, episode and we'll go uh, in the episode we'll discuss them chronologically the first one is akira kurosawa's uh, rashomon which released in 1950 or 51 50 1950 then we are going to discuss uh, on behalf of mr bong cinephile's recommendation <laughs> uh, in the realm of the senses by Nagi... Nagisa Oshima. Nagisa Oshima from 1976. I think. 74. 74. Okay. Uh, and the final film we are going to discuss is the most recent winner for the best foreign film Academy Award, which is Drive My Car by Ryusuke Hamaguchi. We haven't like connected them as a, like a thematic or anything, but the idea of of it all is basically that to explore different styles uh, in different time periods. So. and in that regard and in that regard we might add one or two extra movies from the other two decades just as yeah. a conversational piece but to be yeah. precise these three movies mostly yes. will be discussed yeah. yeah and the first one and it's very apt though right that the first movie we should discuss on a japanese cinema podcast episode 
uh, see, I was about to directly say podcast because you put that idea in my mind now. But, uh, <laughs> no, for this episode should be Akira Kurosawa, right? Considering he is the face almost of Japanese cinema for every for a large or large portion of the audience. Like mm-hmm. intro, apart from Bong, a lot of people's intro to these obscure cin- like the national cinemas of other places is through sort of these directors who are commercially oriented at least in their reach like uh, the films have traveled far and away from just japan to international markets he's um i don't know like is was he the first introduction for you guys into international cinema i mean bong bong was it also for you actually no no it was takashi oh, <laughs> what so, yeah so audition that's audition, audition is your introduction to japan's national cinema uh yes. that that probably is for like three other people in this world uh so yeah no you will be surprised actually I, how many people have uh, really? yeah yeah i knew about um, akira kurosawa but i was yeah. more interested in audition because that was my kind of film no but that I makes you know that makes sense though right i mean i think horror is the other place where you can kind of find an entry point into national cinemas also because they off their more i don't know horror in general is kind of more yeah, accessible yeah japan has some very significant style of making horror films yeah Now yeah, yeah the j horror stuff which we won't be discussing in this episode maybe in a future one another uh, yes sure. uh, but for kurosawa what was your what was your introduction to uh, him amartya i know you you are the one who's watched the most kurosawa films here I think my introduction to him was uh, first year of college. I don't know. Did you guys have Music World back then? Uh, no, ten years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So Simon music... is younger. We are. Yeah. We are old. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we are very old. Anyway, so <laughs> Music World used to be Music World used to be. Listen, kids. Before before Spotify, <laughs> we used to buy stuff from shops. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. So. music world music world used to have criterion collection dvds those wow. used to be stupidly expensive yeah i mean they're still expensive so they're extremely expensive but yeah so i i used to be the weird kid in first year who did not have too many friends as you can imagine so i used to i can't to- imagine you need to we won't expand on this because this is not a live podcast but yeah but i used to go to the mall and I used to check out Music World and all the bookstores and everything. So once I entered Music World, and I was mm. very transfixed by a specific image that mm. was Mifune's face screaming at you in mm. Seven Samurai. That very famous watercolor image of him. Yeah. That entire white mm. white image with the mm. brown brown colors and everything that struck yeah. me. And then is I saw the, the DVD cover. Yeah, the DVD Friday. cover. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that struck me completely and i'm like and i was so transfixed and when i turned it backwards and i saw what it is about i'm like i like westerns this sounds mm. like a western why mm. not yeah so i take it i go back home i immediately put the dvd in and yeah cliche as it sounds the rest is history because yeah before and after kurosawa ek what is it b b k and ek which yeah kind of yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so that's why first introduction to kurosawa and from the introduction it was pretty clear this is a guy who is a pioneer mm. of a lot of things of a lot of things we currently take for granted in movie making as well as storytelling and yeah all and all its other textures and mm. everything so in that regard 
in that regard, the movie we have chosen hmm. to talk about with Kurosawa is not Seven Samurai because, of course, why why should we do something? So I mean, the way? reason we didn't choose Seven Samurai <laughs> is because it's three hours forty minutes, and it's none of us <laughs> wanted to spend that much time on watching a film. Also, to be honest, we watched Drive My Car, which is you guys watch Drive My Car, yeah. so there you go. I will watch Seven Samurai. I will drive my car any day. Just imagine. No, I watched I'm for watching for seven hours continuously films. First, uh, Seven Samurai, then Drive My Car. This is a cinephile podcast, Simon. It's flexing that you watched yeah. for seven hours won't do. Like you need to flex for like seventeen hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, how many? So, how many? How many? How many films have you watched? There was a side di- digression. Like, but how? What's the maximum number of films you watched in a day? Five, five, five. So, but like, five. all of them were shorter. No, no, no. like varied lengths. So, okay. Do 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 short films count? Counts. Fifty. Fifty. Five yeah. zero. How many yeah, of them were short? Films, I can't digest. All, oh, of all of them. No, then it doesn't. No, no. Then feature <laughs> films. Never mind. Feature films. Uh, feature films. Six. Six. Okay. Yeah. I I think I've also watched six. I I don't watch many short films. Like even it's my favorite director. I won't watch. No, oh, there's some of them are worth it though. Yeah, Meshes of the Afternoon. You've seen. That that one is like my get gateway into art house cinema. Okay, lovely. Late later on on Maya Deren's uh, Meshes of the Afternoon, <laughs> but back to uh, back, back to, to back to the back movie which was for Kurosawa. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and like you like you reveal it's Rashomon because even if you haven't seen the movie, you know what Rashomon is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because so, it is a it is a process that has been replicated, duplicated, hmm. and it is a storytelling structure which people use all the time at this point it is a form of non linear storytelling which people love to use the three hmm. different three different or four different perspectives of a, of the same type of event yeah and all of the three perspectives or the fourth perspective or how many perspectives you want to give all yeah. of the perspectives are radically different from each other and all of them hold true to a certain regard yeah I mean, they're capturing certain points of view. I mean, just to make people familiar with the basic story of of Rashomon. Uh, yeah, I, the it, basic point being the basic point being the similar point when you watch a documentary filmmaking, right? Yeah. In a documentary filmmaking, if you're making a political documentary or any sort of documentary, the truth doesn't lie entirely in the documentary if you watch a political documentary from both sides of the fences the truth lies somewhere in the middle yeah similarly in any sort of a movie which employs the rashomon effect after watching the three or four interpretations ideally speaking because that's what rashomon introduced the truth yeah. is somewhere of a conglomerate of all of them and after rewatching this movie i think after 10 years because i hmm. saw this movie on 2012 or 2011 i don't remember and yeah. now i have seen it i think i appreciated far greater than i even i could have thought because hmm. i looked past the gimmick of it you know yeah the, i think that's very crucial and i think uh, which is not to undermine that, sorry go ahead sir i i i'm coming across it this Term like gimmick. What was the gimmick in it? Like I mean, I the gimmick is the story structure. The gimmick, the gimmick oh. being the gimmick being that it wasn't a gimmick when it was produced. Yeah. When it was uh, produced, it was something revolution. Revolution. Yes. Yeah. But nowadays, it's almost like a gimmick. Uh, like it's easy to take it for granted that it's three perspectives hmm. of a similar incident, and I think 
Yeah, uh, because yeah, because Dhruv's favorite movie that came out last year already had that. So, so you you basically pre-anticipated a day I'll make it last <laughs> duel, and that you have basically <laughs> punctured my ability to do so. I'm offended. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know a film that does it better, Talwar. Which Talwar? Yeah. Okay. Point. Oh. Uh, Anyways, but going back to Rashomon again. So I think uh, whatever Amartya is spot on. I think we. I've also. This is my rewatch of it, hmm. and uh, I also just looked at the narrative gimmick when I watched it the first time because I think it was one of the first films I watched, which was a foreign film. Like yeah. like many others, my introduction to uh, Akira Kurosawa has been through Seven Seven Samurai. I uh, think that roasted. I think that roasted glasses of looking at a novelty because you are watching a foreign film that is yeah. really hard to get over until yeah. you have until you have taken distance from it after a while. Definitely, like it takes time to yeah, very very true. And I think when I watched it this time around, I was just like, from a writing point of view, of course, it's adapted from two short stories. Is it two or is it one? I think it's a combination of two short stories written by Ryuno Suzuki. Yeah, Ryuno Suzuki Akodaka. Yeah, in a grove and Rasu. Yeah, so it's a combination of these two short stories, and uh, so the story itself is is fascinating. But my God, the direction is insane! Like it's hard to even overestimate the level of craft that's gone into creating three to four different points of view that feel like they are three to four different points of view. Like none of these points of view could coexist in a way. Like one one character couldn't be telling that version of a story. Which is why I think the structure also kind of makes sense, which it's is like, which was my it, problem with like, her. Yeah, it's like you're playing with four different jigsaw puzzles, except yeah. except all of those jigsaw puzzles have one specific or two specific pieces which can only make sense when yeah. they're joined together. Basically, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a great way to put it. Yeah. And uh, I was so this is I will get to you, Simon, because this is the your first watch, right? Uh, so oh, I think that's uh, that's cool. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah, but I think uh, one of the I was looking at it afterwards. But this is the film that made Kurosawa known to the to, known to Europe. Like I forgot that it, this was oh, yeah. uh, this won the Golden Lion at Berlin, Golden and Lion. then it, yeah, right, and it won Best Foreign Film at uh, Academy Golden Awards. Golden Lion at Venice. At Venice, sorry, I've confused the two. Uh, and uh, Academy Award for Foreign Film. So I think that. Kind of put him on the map, and I think that's also kind of given him some sort of a reputation of being the most Western Eastern director. Oh yeah, uh, because because original Japanese directors did not like did not like the fact they thought that he was pandering to the Western audience. Yeah, and because I mean his style has inspirations set in from a lot of uh, classic uh, Western yeah. directors, like mm-hmm. he. He did admire, or he does a, did admire uh, John Ford and the likes of uh, a lot of like Frank Capra and all. I think uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. is mm-hmm. is a big inspiration to him. So I, I think, think uh, yeah, the bigger criticism for Kurosawa was always that his movies did not have enough Japaneseness. But yeah, that is kind of like kind of like calling a spade something else because yeah. if you are entering Japanese movies to Kurosawa to understand what is Japaneseness is a bit of a I mean, it's another topic only. Like, what is? It's like it's it's the Satyajit. Maybe we'll do something like it's the Satyajit debate also. Like, how much Indianness is in uh, Ray? Not even Indianness. It's like Bengalness. How much? How much of Bengal did he show? Hmm. To which some might argue he showed a lot. Yeah, and some might argue that he didn't show much at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But discussion for later. Uh, Simon, we I want to get to you because this is your first watch. Uh, What did you think? First of all, like I love the film. I guess if you have seen my stories and all, like I, I'm 
first of mind blowing yeah um, then it for me it was like going through the same struggle through different perspectives like i'm yeah. going through the same events yeah. i know the events but i'm watching it slightly in a slightly different way Mm-hmm. and another thing toshiro mifune i for this was my first film i guess yeah. he wasn't ran i guess he was yeah. no he wasn't no? ran no he wasn't ran is tatsuana kare ran is tatsuana kare then first time watching toshiro mifune's acting oh damn <laughs> and i'm like my god this guy can act yeah. like he's he's going that uh, super exaggeration mode but yeah. still i'm liking it Oh, it's like a thunderous performance. Like it's on some yes, other decibel yes. level. His laugh, his laugh is still yeah. echoing in my head. Yeah, the laugh is, uh, and it's done his quite a lot done. also. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's very convincing. It's very the sword fighting sequences. Yeah, and there was also a very unconventional cut in the first when the first uh, point of view was given. Hmm. Hmm. That was a moment which I liked quite a lot. when koshiro mm-hmm. mifune first time starts chasing the husband okay um, okay which is this like a vibe that happens at that time or is it a different cut like in terms of like like a different type of cut like suddenly jump sudden jump cut or something oh was it okay i i definitely i think it's the for i think it's the forest chase jump cut he's talking about okay okay okay, okay. Mm. got it so technically so, storytelling wise everything was i feel flawless like yeah. i can't point out any mistakes got it yes you I, can say that the medium calling a medium to prove something yeah was I a mean, bit of a the, hey that that was uh, whatever i thought that wasn't like a, it, yeah and the overall qualities of the film surpasses that yeah no i think so uh, i still need to process the film to properly elaborate on that I haven't written yeah. the review also yeah no that's initial reactions no that's fair enough i think uh, i don't know i think if you watch it whenever you watch it next like after for a rewatch or something i'm curious if if you change your thoughts about some elements and all that right because and also uh, i didn't feel the game gimmick part also i'm like okay mm-hmm. it's a 19 1950s film super influential so yeah. i am watching it with that mindset like yeah. i am in 1950s and this is yeah. the first like, something this is happening for the first time yeah no but I, i don't think even us we don't feel the gimmick but it's just that i think can... i think the story it's i think the story itself is so strong at that point that yeah. mm-hmm. you can't feel the gimmick because yeah the way, because at this point think about this from this point of view that 10 years from now 10 years later we are watching who we are watching i think some 5 or 6 years later right around yeah and that time yeah so by that time we have seen a couple of movies couple with, a couple yeah we have seen a couple so we kind of sort of are used to the flow of it mm-hmm. so at this point our at this point we are wired to look at the movie differently so yeah. when i start watching rashomon the novelty of the rose tinted glasses is worn off and now i'm yeah. looking at kurosawa the director yeah and what i find is fascinating because this is the 1950s he's shooting direct sunlight yeah he should that's insane yeah and no but uh, more than the, uh, yeah even di- direct sunlight and the play of light and shadow the dapple, the, the dapple sunlight the play the of light sunlight. shadow and everything yeah. everything something traumatic happens say the wife is getting say yeah. the wife is getting raped and yeah. all of that all of that happens during the shadow moments yeah all of it happens during the shadow moments so that's like yeah. wow so yeah and, no no sorry go ahead finish it's like and also there is there's the simple fact that if you put it if you put it into context rashomon is always rashomon also gives an argument 
as to why say a uh, Ozu or a Mizoguchi movie hmm. is so different from a Kurosawa movie in that respect because Kurosawa's in Kurosawa's films Mifune's Mifune's acting and all yeah. that stuff capital A acting yeah capital A acting that hmm. is not the acting you see in an Ozu film or in a yeah. Mizoguchi film because an yeah. Ozu film uses naturalistic act here what we see here what we see we see that Kurosawa is trying to tell a story and we might be thinking that it is grounded in realism yep. but and, and that's what i was going through even but then i see the third perspective he's putting hmm. in a medium he's talking through the ghost and everything and i'm hmm. like yeah realism is out of the window he doesn't care about realism yeah he's caring about human fallibles it's like hmm. he's he's basically telling us that as human beings we can't tell stories about ourselves we can't describe journeys about ourselves without exaggerating our own accomplishments yeah and this is what uh, like when i watched it and i said that clump this in with memento because oh, yeah. it's the perfect uh, perfect way of how two films communicate i think very similar messages actually in in hmm. in the sense of people telling delusional narratives to to make themselves seem like the hero or slash heroine in which that is, particular narrative. which is again interesting which is again interesting because here though they are not the hero here though they are taking the fault for their own sense is it because of an ego because each of them are telling that they are the murderer yeah yeah i mean uh, in a sense the men definitely are i don't know about the women women uh, but, but we'll so to break down the sort of detritus of it let's just uh, recap the the basic plot of it so we can talk more yeah. in detail about it so i think the plot here is a simple like the simple elements of the plot is that three people who are kind of unnamed i saw some names somewhere but like they're generally uh, titled as woodcutter priest and commoner these three people are taking refuge under this uh, temple is it a temple it's a city uh, gate it's the rashomon city gate okay but, is uh, there it's the it's a rashomon city gate and they are they are taking shelter from rain really really uh, loud rain. pouring and like you can like whatever that feel the rain sort of that thing of feeling uh, like you in the middle of a storm sort of uh, you so these three people are there uh, and they kind of are talking about how the world is in this absolutely disastrous place now because no one can understand if anyone else is telling the truth uh, and then the priest and the um, woodcutter the woodcutter they recount accounts of this murder which happened uh, in the woods where all three people involved in the uh, involved in the incident tell three different versions of the same story so i think the idea there's so many layers to the plot also i think like you know there's three people in that rashomon city gate there are three there, perspectives three perspectives there telling the story of three perspectives in the story i mean the one of the persons isn't involved in telling the story and then there's a fourth perspective and we're going to spoil the film it's whatever 60 70 years behind please it's watch it 90, it's a 1950s just yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah uh, and uh, then there's a fourth perspective which is different from those three perspectives so in that sense alone there's so much like that's from more of a script level but like i was continuously thinking about link, like how he's drawing parallels between the way the story is being told by each of the people in the rashomon city center 
which was very very sort of fascinating to me and that translates into the film making style which i think was great uh, yeah which we which we figured out which we which we both noticed this time right yeah yeah, yeah yeah and it's like and that's also very interesting right because you told me like the first version the first okay so the first interpretation was given by the woodcutter yeah the woodcutter i'm Wood, talking about the mufuni uh, woods he tricks the he tricks the husband into following him the yeah. wife is left alone then mm. he overpowers the husband ties him up and then he goes back to the wife where the wife is sitting near the lake or stream or whatever it is yeah and then things start to diverge yeah so we can safely assume that this first act is more or less the same yeah yeah true yes It's never yeah. repeated actually. It's never repeated again. That's yeah. a, that's how we can assume, and that's the brilliant thing about this movie. It's never explicitly told that the first part is the same. Hmm. It's where the divergence occurs. We will figure it out as the yeah. divergence occurs. Yeah, yeah. Because he's not wasting any time. This is a movie which moves. Ninety-minute movies are great. Been done eight, like it's this. Eight, <laughs> yeah, it's eighty-eight <laughs> minutes. It moves. It uh, yeah, moves. Ridley Scott watch. <laughs> Oh boy. Oh, <laughs> uh, no man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but then as the divergence occurs and and we can also safely assume that the divergence occurs in little little moments. Interesting bits too. Some of parts are not repeated like Mifune hmm. when he's fighting the samurai, you know, hmm. and all of it, every time he's just patting his chest or patting his hand. He's like swatting a mosquito yeah, yeah. every single time i noticed it this time i mm-hmm. didn't notice it before yeah. but each of the other consequent consequent parts of it the second or the third part of it we don't see that so yeah. from mifuni's perspective he is this manic pixie of an honorable manic pixie of an honorable yeah. bandit but he's also the most human in that regard yeah in yeah, all yeah. the other perspectives is just some sort of a force of nature which comes out of nowhere yeah no that's yeah that's very true i think uh, in that account i think i was paying more attention to how much it resembled uh, the guy's agitated tone the woodcutters like he was always so anxious about what is happening and like about the state of the world and that that segment has the most amount of i think camera movement oh yeah through the woods right it's like the there are that that tracking shot where where it goes mm. from it follows people like it it's firstly it's a insane shot and i don't know how yeah. they've pulled it off uh in that sense i think different angles right you must have taken must yeah, have taken yeah, a yeah. lot of camera angles yeah, yeah yeah lot of camera angles and then uh and it makes the uh, forest feel extremely intimidating like in yeah. it, like the branches and like the sort of it feels like a expressionist sort of nightmare like noir film almost going into this um uh, into this zone and i think zone is like never mind i was going to uh, what was it tarkovsky never mind uh, no 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 yeah so and even the music in this segment is really bombastic like there's a lot of music it's not even it's not even bombastic simon i think you will agree with me it's almost comedic hmm uh, 
Yes. Yes, I guess. Not the bombastic. I, I didn't feel that way. Okay. It's all it's almost comedic. It's like the music yes, is following yes. the movements of each and every character, right? Sure. Uh, okay. Like a cartoon character. Exactly, hmm. like a cartoon. But that even I guess leads into the performance then, because like it has that exaggeration to it, right? because when you are telling the story when you are the mm. hero of your own story you are bound to exaggerate the tad bit yeah mm. exactly yeah mm. and 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 that element is so uh, and i think that segment is very much what you said about like the making yourself like the exaggerated hero of that story and uh, which is again a weird choice because how do you become a hero of that story but sure let's uh, but it's kind of like the woodcutter i don't know like it's very interesting how he's deciding to pitch this story as high hmm. about this story they what that was to, so it's is traveling through two mediums to us right yeah. it's a story told and heard by someone and good then good point good point it's like it's like the oral it's like the oral tradition of storytelling isn't exactly the perfect form of it's yeah. it's tarnished you know yeah. each and exactly. every time it goes to one medium yeah uh and, and then you go to the other perspective which is uh, the woman's perspective the woman's which is being told by the priest which is very interesting because the filmmaking in this one is much more reserved almost like it's a lot about sitting right because she is sitting down and pleading to the husband for long periods of the time yeah she's sitting but also he's sitting also he's not yeah. moving at all and he's like very reserved very calm he's very yeah. you know since he's the priest he's the religious one yeah. he's almost like he's almost like he, people should be good because that's what that's what the last scene also states like i hmm. have to believe in man i yeah. don't i can't believe that man can be so cruel to each other yeah. so that's how that's how it works it it reflects back yeah. yeah on that entire situation definitely and then the third segment and, and the also the fact and is... also the fact that the woman is docile according yeah. to the priest it's also very much plays into like the stereotype of the woman yeah, at that time, right? yeah. woman at that time which is again completely opposite to the fourth perspective which we'll is see she later. playing that part or is she not playing that part or whatever like that that yeah. tension is there with other uh, parts but i think simon you were talking about the medium right and how that mm-hmm. perspective felt what it felt like a bit of stress like medium uh, and like why they were using the medium or like it it was kind of unconvincing like medium ko bula ke ah uh, yeah yeah so you just the, the... hearing sub court yeah. hearing to judge the who is a convict here yeah yeah, yeah also interesting bit because here's the thing though it's like if you're going through a medium so basically you're calling somebody from the dead right three put three layers of storytelling chilas it's already getting even more tarnished at this point. yeah forget that forget the fact that it is even more getting more tarnished at this point the fact yeah. that you are calling somebody from the afterlife hmm 
it's like you're looking it's like if you're in the afterlife you have no reason to lie because you're already in the yeah. afterlife but again this is not the absolute truth this is again another interpretation so yeah. what's an interpretation that... of an interpretation of an interpretation yeah again <laughs> yeah. it's like inception again another interpretation of something which which made me interested and i wanted to check something out that what was kurosawa's religious religious perspective Mm. I was very interested because I wanted to see whether he was an atheist or something. Because if he did not believe in the afterlife, mm. then because if he did not believe in the afterlife, then this was quite a scathing indictment. <laughs> I mean, it is. I think. I mean, it's a scathing indictment on like most things, isn't it? Like just it's that like Rashomon is such a pessimistic film. Like yeah, out, yeah. Out. like it's it, uh, it's, yeah, it's like people. Are, it's like people are selfish. Nobody cares about anybody else. It's, Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's made after whatever World War Two loss and all that, and kind of feeds into it. I think very which, much, so. uh, which, uh, which again happens later on. And it's like I did not find anything related to Kurosawa's atheism because I don't think he was an atheist or something like that. But yeah. uh, but the fact that but if we are going to go through the pessimistic angle and everything, let's talk about the post-war symbolism because that's mm-hmm. what it is. This is made in the fifties. Five years ago, the war had ended. Paul Harbor, yeah. Paul Harbor, Paul Harbor happened. Yeah, Hiroshima Nagasaki happened. So it's yeah. like believing in the afterlife felt like such a must have felt like such a losing battle, right? Yeah, yeah, Because despair, I, hopelessness, and like whatever the whatever it entails, like all. I, the... I think the, I think post-war symbolism was done much more overtly in his earlier movie Stray Dog, yeah. but here in Rashomon. The scathing indictment of the afterlife isn't because of his religious points of views. I think hmm. it is because he's tired of believing in something which he can't see. Hmm. Yeah, or the fact that even things that may seem pure, or like you know that that there is truth after life, kind of like there's that. Even that isn't that isn't like solid. Like because, that because the guy, because the soul from the afterlife is only telling an interpretation. He's not telling the exactly. truth. Exactly. Which again is getting tarnished because of three other layers. <laughs> so again, it's like a maze only, almost like following, following, um, following. Fo- it's like a Christopher Nolan like episode uh, in in stealth, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Amartya is saying, and a lot of listeners are, <laughs> listeners are also, I guess, considering. Uh, are our listeners uh, fans of Chris Nolan? I, I know Simon, so. you're a fan, right? Yes. Obviously. You even like Tenet, so. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Uh, so no, but but like just to like wrap up the discussion on this is like, and we'll wrap up. Also, and another thing, the film yeah. sticks to sticks will stick with me because it doesn't give you the answer. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's what that's what we were going to go to because so the the, there's a fourth story. Yeah, yeah. This is the oh. un, this is the more or less untarnished version because because do we because do we follow your point of view? Yeah. We remove one layer. Yeah, this is the so, closest to the. This truth. is the closest to the truth. We yeah. remove one layer. As soon as we remove one layer, we kind of see a completely different side of everything. We see the man as pathetic. Yeah. Yes. The bandit, the bandit, and the samurai are both clumsy. They are. You know scared. the laugh transfers almost to the female. Yeah. Uh, which is a lovely yeah, touch. That, yeah, that. Yeah, oh, that. Also, the docile female kind of changed to a very. Yeah, aggressive. that. Yeah. yeah, that exaggerated female, that exaggerated yeah. laugh of Mifuni transfers completely to the female side. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then the action in that scene is the exact sloppiness, which is not present in the first story of Mifuni, exactly. where it's 
like it feels like a properly choreographed like you know slickness of a jedi geki people people can do the first part the first part is the what is jedi geki why are we such snobs what is jedi geki yes simon or nerds actually never never simon they say samurai films are known as jedi geki films yeah and what are gendai geki films simon simon opposite means they're not involving much of that samurai and like yeah yeah that nice you're studying the course syllabus i've offered <laughs> you uh anyways our nerdiness aside the point is that there is a slickness to the first action scene but here it's it's very well choreograph choreographed sloppiness like they are almost like toddlers like yeah they're fighting. toddlers they're kids but it's not comedic because there's no music there's no music <laughs> And the big, that's the best yeah, part. Yeah, that's the yeah. best part because the first part we told that it is a almost a cartoonish level of the music in it. The third part is almost very somber because yeah, because he it's a said, sacrifice, right? Almost yeah, like. because the samurai is telling the story like he has done such a huge sacrifice. Yeah. Who is him and all that stuff? Yeah, so, yeah. The, so the music is also following his bows and everything. Yeah. So by the time he says that he removes the dagger, she removes mm. the dagger from my body. you are mm. supposed to feel the sorrow because yeah. the music is playing it like that and in the fourth part there is no music mm. and it is noticeable as hell yeah and i think that's i'm i'm almost like proud <laughs> because this is like a like to me music is generally the first sign of artifice in everything yeah. which is why i don't like it in horror films a lot of times because i want my <laughs> horror films silent can you like especially a film like a quiet place needs to do and chuck away with all music that it's using for me because i'm like it's a quiet place i want a quiet <laughs> place also like my point is that there's a believability when when you remove music and because in again, this film, again a layer again the layer yeah, a layer exactly the storytelling layer kisat so the technical air also like yeah. i'm talking and i'm liking the movie more to be honest uh Same. i mean not because i'm talking but because you guys are providing good good observations uh nay so i think that's like there is a this is the part i think what me and amartya i just wanted to stress also that there is a there's so much joy in watching a film the film making of a film unfold the second time like a good But, film offers that i think like you know we've yeah. discussed this in recent episodes a good film will offer you layers upon layers upon layers to decode or like to to take whatever like simon will watch it on a rewatch and i think he'll gain some other perspective on it which is what's good about the film this this movie this movie by the removal of the music this movie comes the closest to giving us a approximation of a truth yeah the closest it's still not the truth which brings me to the ending right which and brings this... us to the ending yes simon what do you think of the ending considering it's your first mm, watch that that i was about to ask about what the ending really meant because they they find it was kind of abrupt i feel like they oh, definitely the definitely like and the uh, yeah I, the confrontation uh, was good like between uh, the, uh, the between the commoner and the woodcutter like the guy yes, who yes, yes. yeah. when he when he says that you want you are not different different from me two. yeah yes. so th- that's the other thing right this whole narrative framework uh, of mm. these three people telling the story is there throughout the film and to me that's kind of the weakest but also necessary element in the film right because 
the ending of the film is uh, i've said to amartya a hayes code ending which basically I, means that he had to make the ending positive but again but again if i if i remember it correctly i don't think it was supposed to be that i think it was supposed to be that the movie ended with an overcast cloud again coming in so exactly it seems like very much a mandate to no 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 that's what i'm talking about it seems like an overcast cloud coming in but it didn't happen ah okay Okay, okay, okay. You think the ending has the sort of storm still to come again, it, but like it, it was supposed to be that, but it didn't because the movie came out like the sun is shining and everything, so it is already too optimistic. And- yeah, yeah. That, but that's that's what jars to me in the in this film because it feels so pessimistic otherwise. <laughs> but this time I was watching it and I was like, you know, the way I'm watching it this time, it makes sense that it ends positively because it's the story in a way of. the priest coming to terms with the fact that he has to not the priest sorry the priest the the woodcutter wood coming to terms with the fact that he has to reveal some sort of truth so i guess mm. him revealing the truth to uh to the, the commoner that he actually stole the possession the material possessions left by the woman and that he could like whatever take out the burden of lies of him is like okay i am more truthful now so the sun is shining more like in mm. that sense it makes sense it makes sense yeah makes but as a overall thematic thing i'm like maybe uh, the clouds never go away or the rain never stops because it seems like that i think that was the intention at least the clouds to be overcast because it showed that even in, even in times of hope because yeah. the world is like this at least according to kurosawa because look at it from this point of view he's sitting at the rashomon gate the gate is in ruins yeah that's the other thing i was like oh what a what a lovely touch to like have the whole place like completely incomplete which is also the nature of stories in the yeah film. but it's also it's also in ruins which kind of completely tracks those hours each and every film throughout which deals with the post war hmm. it deals with post war because the bad sleep well bad sleep well the other movie which dealt with hamlet mm-hmm. that movie's climax scene took place in a took place in a industrial industrious complex which basically mm. looked like a dystopian dystopian landscape got it yeah i mean we i have not seen enough kurosawa i really need to watch more kurosawa but the one film i remember i will always remember is high and low and i still don't want to spoil it for simon because he hasn't seen it but there's a moment in the film where it goes somewhere and i was just like i didn't expect it to go there yeah so And Simon yeah. loves the Batman, so that's a great sign of uh, him going, him, him loving uh, high and low, because there are plenty. There are lots uh, of touches. Oh yeah, plenty touches. Yeah. But I'm liking Kurosawa films so far. I watched Rand now, uh, Rashomon. Both yeah. the films were. You won't be disappointed. Trust me. Next, watch Dreams to level off the the excitement. So that's about. I, I have it downloaded already. I don't like that movie actually. That's the only film of his. I've, I mean, I've not watched many, but like from the ones I've seen, that's the one that didn't work. Anyways, it is very different. Here's it the, is very different. Yeah. If we go back to Rashomon here, here's the difference between Rashomon and all of its successes were kind of trying to ape off its gimmick. For example, for example, the movie which we both do would like to talk about, uh, <laughs> the Last Duel. Oh, I thought you were mentioning to some files. Yeah. Uh, does that have no? Does this? Does that have Rashomon style stories? I I have no idea. We need to bring Aryan in for that. Anyway, but, 
my point being my point being that each and every one of the people each and every one of the creators were using the rashomon effect think of the screenplay as kind of like a jigsaw puzzle where mm-hmm. each and every puzzle piece is supposed to reconstruct the truth yeah the fact of the matter is finding the truth is never the point yeah we are looking at the source here people rashomon yeah. was never about finding the truth rashomon was finding about the flaws in your own character Yeah. I mean that's why I think it's such a good uh, companion piece to Memento uh, yeah. in a way because it I mean because Memento doesn't follow a Rashomon style storytelling it it follows its own sort of wo- yeah. whatever non-linear logic which is a Nolan thing but uh, but the conclusion which it arrives to to me feels very similar uh, yeah. yeah and that's a yeah that's yeah, a double but, bill to watch but with the last 12 which again I should reiterate I love the movie but it's like I should reiterate on this because I'm going to <laughs> criticize it a bit here. The thought perspective which we see in the last duel, that thought perspective doesn't hold any doubt that it is the truth. And if you are wondering whether it is the truth or not, there is literally an inter inter title which says it's the truth. Why show the other two perspectives? Even if I even if I can understand how well made it is by telling by telling the fact that your inter title is the truth, you're basically kind of making the other two in a way redundant yeah and you're showing a scene which i don't know if you should show two times anyways we are yeah. not going in those waters we are moving ahead to some yeah. other waters yeah. <laughs> that siren like those are what pink colored or oh, i don't know how to transition yeah like what's the what's the color no, no, of the water is, there? no no there is nothing to transition over here we are moving from black and white to color lots of color especially reddish <laughs> color especially reddish color Oh, uh, very yeah. So this is this is uh, Simon. You should take over for this section, uh, because because you are the one who's. I was never. I was aware of this film, but I never decided to watch it. And now I've watched it twice in a month's time. So you guys are insane. But okay, yeah. Simon, take over. So, the film we are going to talk about is in the realm of senses by Nagisa Oshima. My first introduction to this film was the poster was nice, but I didn't know what was. Which poster is this? Plan. Can I please know? The, the Criterion Collection. Yeah, that the is one which beautiful one, poster. One with the green background and which has like yes, drops yes. of sperm dropping from the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is that? What do you think? It's like spit. <laughs> I don't. No, I thought it was some smoke. I think uh, what whatever man. <laughs> it did definitely look. I mean, or maybe that that movie puts you oh, in that wow. mindset where a white color just seems like sperm or like I don't know or egg. Know. Anyways, go ahead, Simon. What we saying? So when I started watching it, I was like, oh, this is very different. Uh, I should watch. Understatement of the decade. <laughs> Uh, Dude, what age were you when you watched it? 2020. Oh, so you didn't watch? I started watch watching films from 2019. So, so this was one of the first films which you watched. As like uh, one of your into wow, and you've persisted. So, so uh, yeah. when I watched the film, I was very much like conservative towards uh, erotic films. Like nudity is yeah. bad. That that mentality I had in my yeah mind. yeah. 
but then when i started appreciating the films after watching the steven soderbergh sex lies and videotapes and all then and i slowly ap- appreciated first antichrist then in the realm of senses so i, I could I, i so wish i could show people amartya's reaction to this i and because i was watched for the third time then i was like oh good film apart from that uh, dedicated to andre tarkovs i don't know why classical Japanese cinema to more of Yeah, that's a great that's a great way to put it actually Simon thank you uh, but it's... also but also here's the thing right it's like from the 50s to the 60s to the 70s it's like the 60s and the 70s is the time when you know a, a focus towards provocation hmm. and a focus towards a more darker sensibility yeah something far more the far more you know nihilistic almost in a way yeah, yeah i think it was also uh, the collapse of the studio system in japan studio system. Yeah, yeah 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 the directors right. went against the studio like they want yeah. to make something they wanted like not, nothing hmm. about the studio i mean Which to be to kurosawa uh, repented in front of nobuhiko by awashi that you did hmm. what you like to do but for me it was always about studio okay i had to okay. do according to them Mm. got it so i mean he did japanese new wave uh, <laughs> yeah new yeah. wave uh, stands out like mm. they kind of revolutionized the japanese market it wasn't yeah, about I, that summarize can i ask is this is this like one of the films i mean we selected this film basically based on you, your recommendation but is this one of the uh, pioneering films of the movement or is it just one of the ones that dropped yes, in yes, the middle it it, it it is one of the pioneering pioneering okay. films of the movement it it basically generated two movements the mm-hmm. pink films and yeah. the japanese new wave japanese okay. new wave means uh, okay. um, that uh, shohei imamura and all mm-hmm. and all who are these all you have to name <laughs> no, are... I, i can't i can't um, stagen suzuki was also there means okay. there are many directors Se- stagen yeah. suzuki stagen suzuki with the tokyo drifter all the yakuza hmm. the uh, okay. primary so, focus on yakuza because the jidagaiki movies were once so hmm. i had recently seen the sword of doom simon have you seen the sword of doom no 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 it's on it's on my list i've heard it's great oh yeah it's fantastic it's freaking hmm. fantastic but it's like it's one of the darkest of samurai movies you will ever see and hmm. not because of the color it's it's creepily dark okay uh, because your hero is not an anti hero and that's what i'm talking about even even as the time is progressing they mm. were more focusing on the anti-hero aspect of it because even sanjuro was an anti-hero right yojimbo was an anti-hero sanjuro was an anti-hero movie so mm. the focus on anti-heroes people with shakier morals shakier mm. morals yeah was slowly it was slowly creeping towards protagonists who, are, who don't even have shaky morals they don't have morals no yeah the sword of doom is following a person who is a psychopath and and who has murdered so many people then that the overall collective guilt of it finally takes over his head mm. 
So if we have to if we have to look at it from that point of view, the Japanese movies proclivity to go go a bit towards more darker, towards more provocative point of view was yeah. slow, slowly happening anyway. Yeah, and it exploded. Pun not intended. Uh, with, pun uh, definitely intended. <laughs> <laughs> with with this film. Uh, so tell me, Simon, what? Uh, yeah, the what about the film? Like, yeah, what's what, the plot here? What's the plot? So basically, the film focuses on the life of Sada. Plot. <laughs> We are looking for the plot. <laughs> uh, she was uh, the mistress of this wealthy businessman, Japanese uh, Japanese businessman. This is, this is set in 1930s, Japan. 1936. Yeah. And, and a yeah. real story. Uh, yeah, based on a real life, story. Yeah, based on a real life story. And which is insane, right? Holy yeah. Oh, yeah. In reality, is the woman is like a uh, symbol of power now. Like how can Sada women, Abe, right? Yes, how can yeah. women take over men? Yeah. Uh, in terms of power, so the master links up with Sada Abe for some shit. How how I'll put this? Oh, because they are because he he likes to... sleeping with women. Uh, put it in any way. Put it in any way you want. Because end of the day, all of yeah, this is going to be on. Like you can you can use words in this. Like we'll we'll do it. Who is a womanizer? So he wanted to take things beyond. To beyond is is understatement, but but yeah, it's basically this erotic master... adventures, erotic Sorry? adventures, erotic erotic adventures. Yes. Uh, I found the word. <laughs> and and then it leads to a lot of uh, erotic adventures. Uh, I think I, I think what? the word I think the word you're looking for starts with a P, ends with an M. <laughs> what is this word? I mean, I already put it in my review, but since you can you use know it, what, you fine. know what? Uh, you, you know what? F it. At this point, it's like. If you're if you are going to listen to a movie called In the Realm of the Senses, and if you have no idea what the movie is about, first of all, I would urge you to watch it. Please watch it with your headphones on; otherwise, you'll be kicked <laughs> out of your house. This is the reason why I watch films on my mobile. Yeah. Because oh, this is parents... a, we we forgot to make this revelation, by the way. Yeah. About uh, Rashomon yeah. and Simon. I watch Rashomon in mobile. Yeah. I'm accepting that. Sanjit, Sanjit, Sanjit would be rolling right now. <laughs> In shock. Yeah, he probably trashed his place or something after hearing <laughs> this. Yeah. But then again, but please listen to this without with headphones. Hmm. And all seriousness, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is all seriousness. Each and everything oh. is seriousness. Mm-hmm. With your headphones, please listen to this. Please listen to the movie. And secondly, do not, and I repeat, do not be eating anything when you're watching this movie. <laughs> Especially eggs. Especially eggs. Yeah. I mean, okay, now let's get serious. Enough fun. I like. I love the film. <laughs> no, no. I I, get, I get the point that it is fun. The point oh, of the movie. By the way, Amartya has rated it more than me. He I was about to four. say. Yeah. yeah. I played three point five. I might have to decrease yeah. that a tad bit now that I. <laughs> no, no, no. It got over. Don't. No, that's great. The rating is good. The point so, being, the point being that this movie. Okay, yeah. you were telling the plot. Yeah, yeah. You finished telling the plot. Right? The plot. Uh, At the end, we can see Sada kind of becoming a possessive. Uh, she gets a possessive nature, and where he, where she tries to keep the master for herself, but the master's yep. nature was changing because he has a wife, he has kids to yep. look after. So then, after Sada tries to take over the power in in her own hands, yep. and then it's 
the rest is history what happens to the master and he gets castrated yeah erotic defrauded by erotically erotic asphyxiation right that's erotic the term. asphyxiation yeah oh okay. yes yeah. go ahead guys throw the this was the film. you will be confused as i was i mean see we me and amartya before but go ahead you guys also, feel, like, oh, this film was possible because it was a french production i yeah. was about to say that that yeah. is the first uh, that is the first thing to remember <laughs> <laughs> that oh, the french, french are involved oh, because of course oh, shivak i made it because uh, imagine toho making such films yeah toho is the by the way toho is the studio in uh, Studio, in production studio in Japan at that. Toho was yeah. Toho was also the studio which Kurosawa was the most involved. In. Yeah. So yeah, so you can see the difference sort of in in sort of what how these films in the seventies kind of got their funding also. And I was reading that he a lot of his other projects actually got only international funding. Uh, Oshima later, later half. Later half. Yeah. The thing like about this, David Bowie in some films. Okay. Yeah. The thing, thing about this movie is it's like it's like. whatever be the you know provocative in your face nature of it he had <clears throat> the balls to do it literally yes yes he was very brave <laughs> going to be a lot of puns being thrown around here right <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. here balls like he was very brave to do this film. yeah of course it, it was incessantly brave to do this because yeah. i mean goddamn because there's a difference between erotic and just being straight up showing everything This is straight up. I mean, it was like unsimulated. Like Japan has. Why? This is unsimulated. I mean, if someone managed to do that or managed to show that simulated the way it's shown in the film, I would be like, I would legit want to contact them and ask them how they went about that. Without any technological whatever, if he because that time it wasn't there, right? So yeah, so these are all unsimilated, which yeah, close-ups okay. and everything are there. Like, what nothing... is okay to any uninitiated, uninitiated, you guys? What is unsimilated in term in movies? What is what does that mean? I mean, you you are providing without nice without uh, being choreographed or without being fabricated, without being fabricated, without, fabricated, without being yeah. choreographed, without getting an intimacy intimacy coordinator or whatever the jazz. Oh, that, that's that's what they did for Gehra. Uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> out of nowhere, out of nowhere, Gehra yeah, references. <laughs> I mean, but he mentioned this, and someone in our episode who has said that. So, anyways, they they didn't need intimacy uh, coaches here. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, so no, see, of, we are we are talking about in a very sort of flip. I am talking about in a flippant way. Uh, I am but, not trying to talk about this in a flippant way because I am taking it as I am taking it as part part of a, how do I say this? It's like a mental landscape. It's like spiraling down a mental landscape. Yeah. This mm. this is us looking at two people, us looking at two people going down through the depths of their lust nakedly. Oh yeah, definitely. So. Yeah. In, Going down through the depths of their lust to such an extent that they forget they are becoming literal skeletons. They are trying mm. to forget to eat. Yeah. They are becoming primal in a way. The only primal, only, yeah, yeah, it's primal. Yeah, their only bodily function is the yeah. is the only job left for them, yeah. which kind of which kind of makes sense in the context that they are. So stupidly attracted to each other. Now, Drew had raised an interesting question. We had been talking before was whether it is love or not, hmm. which is which is an interesting case. It starts with love, I think. Does it? I never. Like, I, like I the think... first attraction happens from Sada. It was love. 
that's why she became possessive hmm. but was for it the love or was it just no no i don't think it was i don't think it was love because the first uh, f- first two three sequences i feel like that then she kind of get messed up with those hallucinations and all hallucinations she start getting oh there's one hallucination yes but, uh, yeah no no because uh, because here's the thing i don't think it was love because Oh, oh boy there are so much phallic imagery in this movie there is so much phallic imagery in this movie yeah. uh, and, and he's not even and osima is not even hiding it at this point the stone yeah. is structured literally like a penis which is yeah. another level of symbolism out there and yeah. interesting bit though is that each and every time we see her lust for him it's like she's holding him mm. she's holding his center Uh, yeah that I mean, that's true that was the point that made me think of it more as power like the yeah, this is, power. is a sign sign of yeah. power yeah yeah she's she's holding it she's basically gripped him like a vice yes yeah. each and every time yeah it's like, it's like a ramrod it's like a ramrod walking through with you know no filter or anything it's like yeah. a bull and, and in that sense it's very much going against sort of you know whatever is acceptable in society in a way right so because it's like because it's almost like two exhibitionists like going yeah. through uh like their place having sex in the open for in front of geishas which is so so my i'll tell you this i i've seen this film twice right in two months or one month or whatever my my thing with this film is i i can admire it as much for it's sort of you know whatever provocation but my thing is does it have anything other than that is my bigger question with it we've talked about sort of psychological depth does the film have it does it hint at it but never explore it like i think i think most- i think what i wanted to show was what i wanted to what i figured out at least is that for both of them it's like a for both of them it's like you getting addicted to a drug each and every time you're getting addicted yeah. to a drug you're searching for a bigger high and yeah. each and every time you're searching for a bigger high it is getting more and more riskier it is getting more and more darker yeah if we look at it from that point of view even steve mcqueen's shame is kind of like that yeah, it's basically shame, yeah. yeah it's basically focusing on uh, michael fassbender's character who is a sex addict so yeah. why is a sex addict because he's kind of sort of stuck on a high and he's looking yeah. for the high i mean but and, he doesn't get a high from anything else i mean that film is as much about isolation i think as as it's about uh, sex addiction. yeah yeah is this so, film about isolation this film kind of oh. is about isolation kind of is because isolation doesn't mean that you know you are just stuck in a room all day isolation yeah. also means that you are free of the inhibitions because nobody is looking at you nobody is expecting you to do anything so you are not doing the things which you are you know program to do like clean your yeah. room or dress up yeah. yeah yeah it's like all the again which is what the sort of rejection of everything society yeah, it's, uh, it's a rejection everything society and humanity in humanity in civilization kind of is trying to portray yeah i mean that anarchic sort of spirit i think i can go i was about to say ride with but then i was like i can <laughs> go along with for uh go along with for, the, for some time but like i think uh i don't know yeah like i i think having seen it twice i was just like 
I couldn't get anything out of it. Like, and then that raised a bigger question of like, what's the line between art house cinema and porno- pornography? And it's not that pornography, like pornography is an art form in, in itself. I, 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 for me, for me, the difference between art house cinema and pornography in general is how it is shot. Hmm. How it is shot, how it is, you know, scored. Yep. And from that regard, the color correction, the way it is, the way each and every action action is shown because mm. believe it or not all of these are action and each and every time all of these characters talk those are the deep tight moments those are yeah. the moments of rest where the audience right. there, even audience that, gets some point to yeah but breathe. even that isn't sort of uh, much like there's not much uh, even the discussion is always centered on eroticism and sex right yeah because there, not, yeah. there is a sense of solipsism in it because which again brings to mind the question that which again brings to mind the question about obsession obsession yeah. with a single thing yeah because that's what it is right and because mm. that's what happens when you're stuck when you are stuck in a limited in a limited perspective yeah. yeah it's easy to say it's easy to say that you are going to stay you are going to stay together for a very long amount of time but if you are going to stay together for a very long amount of time in a single room mm. or in a single house yeah you are going to get obsessed with one very specific thing or you are going to get obsessed with one specific fandom you are going to yeah. get obsessed with each other which is going to drive both of you to extreme lengths yeah and i this, think yeah and yeah. The, and this is not me and this is not me stating that as fast this is what the movie is trying to portray and this a is a lot movie, of i mean a lot yeah. of films thrive on that yeah. that tension of being locked up in a single room and then yeah. going insane yeah and if you think and if you think what i'm talking about is the 2021 lockdown 2020 lockdown yeah this was a good year 2020 <laughs> lockdown oh yeah i am i am equating in the realm of the senses with the 2020 lockdown so <laughs> me just so me uh also, anyway, uh, go ahead sarvan yeah adas character i find it very fragile like how her sentiments regarding her master changes Hmm. throughout the duration like But she that... ends up killing her, killing him yeah. let's spoil the film nobody yeah, yeah. i mean it's rea- it's based on real life so but I mean, that's also, life. Uh, but yeah. that's also right because her fragility is because you are focusing so much your yourself on your own obsession that's the basic hmm. point of fandom right the fanaticism of any fanaticism yeah. towards I, any fandom is because of that right i like this link i like this link of uh, sexual obsession with fandom because fandom is kind of like fucking the whatever uh, yeah it's like fan- it's, personality it's, yeah it's like fanaticism fanaticism yeah. of fandom is like having an unhealthy obsession towards it yeah and yeah. this is unhealthy to an end degree because both of them because both of these characters are remarked upon by other characters that they are looking like skeletons they are they are not yeah. eating much yeah Yeah. Because no, eating, no. because eating and doing anything are kind of like a societal tradition. Going to a yeah. table and eating. Yeah. That's like you you moving from your primal state to something resembling a civilized state. No, I I get what you. Uh, I think uh, your point. Also, a point uh, like hmm. yeah, we can observe that the chemistry between the between both the characters decrease hmm. uh, significantly at uh, comparing to the start of their. Adventures. Yeah, but is yeah. that because uh, Simon that we have been conditioned to it like they are conditioned to it, which is why they are seeking more excitement, right? They try different That's ways to more excite excitement. Also, the like the master is kind is is, is huh. uh, is trying to avoid Sada yeah. in, in 
in some situations like yeah. he wants to go back to family yeah no but i think that that's so the only the reason i find that stuff interesting is just because it's the power dynamic play yes. how much uh, and that's my sort of take away from it is that that's a interesting same, same, same. dynamic um, to uh, like my, I, what i wrote was pleasure or pain sex or violence emancipation hmm. or self sabotage Hmm. Uh, the film is kind of in between all this yes. somewhere or the other and it's then... also it's also it's also looking for a way to you know permanently edify the feeling of sexual pleasure yeah so the and the only way sada could do that by permanently edifying that sexual pleasure hmm. is literally cutting off the organ which kind of gives her yeah. the pleasure yeah and, and in a way warming roaming here and there yeah <laughs> yeah the film doesn't show that but yeah. the film, but the film does show the castration so yeah. if anyone who's uh, yeah. yeah and and basically oh. the defrocking basically defrocking of manhood in a way which is yeah. interesting because rashomon also kind of showed a defrocking of manhood in a separate way oh, okay, yeah. okay okay exactly yeah yeah that's the i was about to say that we we have uh, uh, i was watching the three i watched the three I over like three really linked rashomon with indriya we will also link this to drive my car because sex features in that very oh, as wow. a important uh, yeah. thing also i got infur- infuriated so many times like the wife drive my car Uh, so have we switched have we gone past no, 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 no. titillation of even titillation has a sexual like like if you can never mind uh, uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, go ahead we are walking we are walking to language mind pins because why <laughs> have got to be explicit how can we talk about in the realm of senses without like mentioning the sort of if the film is about the primarily primarily primal nature let's not primal nature of sex and in the uh, in the film it's shown very explicitly as consistent fucking like you can't there's OPS no point amounts of fucking no room yes. no room for breathing oh yeah, oh, yeah. no room They for don't... breathing yeah yeah no room for breathing except for like the gasps and the groans <laughs> yeah 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 exactly stop the specifications <laughs> Yeah. no but yeah. like whatever like I, i i'm happy to have uh, watched this and like i don't yeah. want to ever revisit it like i yeah, can't watch the question the question being question being should any self-serving should any cinephile or anybody interested in japanese cinema should watch this and say yes. yeah and say yes, yeah because yeah. yeah yeah because see because see how far you can push Yeah. Uh, this movie is a perfect example of how far you can push while still maintaining the quality of your filmmaking because mm-hmm. at no point do you see the yeah. filmmaking filmmaking falter. Yeah. That's right. That, I I also, agree with that wholeheartedly. If yeah. someone is looking to the academic like uh, first like it's this film is a pivotal point in shifting yeah. the film market of Japanese cinema like Yeah. How could no, all these films are valuable i think it's it's what's the i think it's a bad perception to have that you just have to like watch the is the respectable director yeah the only yeah. criticism the only criticism i can give this movie and i think hope will agree with me is that it only hints at things which we are supposed to find explore. more it doesn't yeah. explore any of it it only yes. hints yes. at things And yeah. yes, and yes. No, but then uh, my argument is just that then don't even hint. Like yeah. I think if it's just centered on the primal nature of it, just stick to it. Uh, yeah, but then again, it's like if you are going to hint at the mil- if you are going to hint at militarization, and you are showing him as being ashamed, show hmm. us why he is ashamed. 
give us two scenes of that similar two... sort of interaction, right? Like yeah. I know there's one shot, but I was like, I'm grasping there to yeah. to make that connection. Like it's not naturally coming to me, sort of like that. Okay, and you can you basically whatever we are seeing, uh, like the second mind in the head just goes, oh, that can be that can be this, that can be... yeah. So yeah. we are we are grasping at straws towards things which could have been entered into the movie but wasn't. So we have to make do with the movie we currently have. And the movie yeah. we currently have is. Experiential, at, its, at least for the first watch. At its hmm. best, at its best, it's shocking and interesting. At hmm. at its worst, it becomes repetitive after an hour. It's yeah. it never stoops. Like half baked story. Yeah. Story. Uh, it, I feel half baked. It hmm. never stoops, and I don't know how many how much you guys are fans of this film, but it never stoops to irresistible, irreversible by Gaspar Noah, who which I think is not my cup of. No, I don't think it is my cup of tea either, but. Yeah. The thing about it Simon is, is quiet, which I think means you guys are idiots. But apart, uh, and no, no, no. Apart from that uh, infamous uh, subway scene, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was liking the film. Then I was like, oh, seven minutes of this. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that's my also like. Come that's on, the man. exploitation. That's the exploitation part, which is yeah. which, seven which, which of... is the which is the one thing I can I will always give this movie. Mm. What the movie begins as it never stops being that. Yeah. Once you're in, you're in. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Pun entirely intended. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we should. Spotify would wouldn't ban this, right? Yeah. Sorry. Censor answer. Spotify would let let us. No, we can just do. I I think we are pretty civil about it. I mean, like, as civil as we can be about in the realm of censor. Uh, and we did not talk about and we did not talk about the egg. exploitation yeah we, we did not talk about, about the egg let's yeah. not that yeah. would give like auditory trauma to the <laughs> yeah let's no, not it's given let's us it's it given gave us, us visual yeah. trauma there bhi idhar bhi gutta raha oh god uh, okay let's let's go on to um, Try my car, right? Some, Which, some, some segue, man. Segue, nahi, gaadi hai. my car guys uh risuki hamaguchi he won the award last year did he win he won some other award also right for uh, like uh, not best just screenplay the... can best screenplay can okay uh, I... okay so okay, so so things let's like start with like... simon because he's just watched it and then we can chip in i guess no 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 no, no. we can start with simon what i wanted to ask was yeah. since we are moving there it's like we do need to talk about what how the how the japanese film movement moved a bit that we have reached this point you know that hmm. drive my car a a koreda a yeah. filmmaker like filmmaker like and simon knows a lot about these filmmakers hmm. so he can he can explore us far better takashi miike yeah. yeah takashi miike is like something else that's the j that's j horror we are talking about we are talking about more of the slice of life movies hmm. Uh, hmm. it's like history repeats itself Like mm. uh, we had Ozu, now we have Corrida. Okay. Yeah. Mm. 
now we had Akira Kurosawa who was making this Jedi Geeky films. Now we have Toyota with some sort of making those samurai films. Okay. All the short films, but but those films. Uh, so it's very curious, right? Because as as a I don't know how, what do you call this as a uh, I don't know like I'm not super like I'm into the sort of cinema that gets festival attention, but I've not sort of explored a cinema as deeply as sort of Simon has, right? So like it's interesting to me how Toyota's films don't sort of make that noise. at least that or maybe i am just ignorant uh, or as much as a corida film does like very very in indie based film, film means it only works in japan yeah no but that's very curious though right because that's mm. the point the bigger point with stuff like uh, art house cinema because like it it sometimes works better for international audiences but doesn't for uh, national audiences so yeah no we'll go ahead toyota films never uh, reaching that acclaim because i don't think they push the film that much got it to get okay. this, that acclaim they only got keep it, it to the national market got it got otherwise it. But, the films are really good uh, hmm. okay blue spring but, i watched it's like blast of energy got it okay yeah but go ahead so is drive my car or uh, drive my car is like it con- continuously flows and flows yeah. until it yeah. stops at the Last. No, but what? Uh, just go ahead and fill us in on the sort of uh, what Amartya said about transitioning from. Uh... So that provocation part, we hmm. the Jap- Japanese cinema ka- di- di- diverted diverted to horror films. Yeah. J horror mainly. J horror. Yeah. Like uh, Takashi Miike full on control hmm. was making these films, weird films like Gozu, Ichi the Killer. Yeah. And audition. Audition, so of course. Visitor Q, which is deeply disturbing. Uh, and then we had, and then I... we had on that other angle, we had Kyoshi Kurosawa, who was yes. also yes. Who like, was also with his cure. Pulse was cure, and another film he directed, right? Pulse, 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 pulse. Yeah. pulse. yeah. He also took over line. Hmm. Yeah, so there will that, be a. I'm pretty sure there will be a future episode on uh, J horror because I think a lot of people are a lot of us are interested at least in horror as a genre. Then came Japanese anime. It oh, like yeah. bridged the gap between the J horror and uh, the coming of age Japanese cinema. Yeah, the start okay. of Korida and all. So, yeah, so between there between these two, we had anime, hmm. which okay. is still going on. Which is still going on, which is still updated, but at this point, it's yes. like it has become a separate medium altogether. Mm. Just yeah. So after that, I I guess around nineteen ninety five, this mm. new Japanese coming of age style filmmaking started. Got it. Like more mm. polished filmmaking. This is prestige like filmmaking. Like I associate Hamaguchi yeah, with prestige, yeah, yeah. sort of. You know, he could I could yeah. see him coming to Hollywood and making a mm. drama here. Mm. Uh, mm. in in the English language. Like filmmakers like Naomi Kawase, Shinji Iwai, Hirokazu Parida, yeah, they are like the prestige form of filmmaking. Yeah, hmm. I mean the festival filmmakers, I almost feel, but even yes. though Korida probably Korida and Hamaguchi seem to have more uh, appeal. Uh, Kawase and Kawase, Naomi Kawase and Hirokazu Parida, these two have the most, I think. Okay. I don't think Hamaguchi has that much appeal. The fact that Hamaguchi yes. even won this year is was 
it's very plotted i think even though it feels like it's not maybe sometimes but i think but like i have to process the film more no no but may, may, no but even amartya has watched it and i think he's a lot of the people have made the point that that it's, it's an unconventional thing but again my example always goes to something like lee chang dong's of Burning. simon is here okay. uh simon like pura kaam yaad aata yes yeah. <laughs> but then again, but then again it's like if you think about this one of the bigger criticisms i had with drive my car is a criticism i don't think you shared too much right Look, the fact that it's an overlong i mean it was... it, i mean i can totally understand why it feels overlong like i didn't feel it this time around because i thought again i had more elements to work with to talk mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. but i still think there's a sizable amount of the movie that can be cut down and that the movie can be can cut be down yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the parts which you think could be cut down are not the parts I think could be cut down because the mm. parts I am thinking could be cut down are more subtle parts. It's like mm. he's holding on to a scene for too long. It seems mm. like he's okay. holding on to scenes for two or three minutes more than utterly mm. necessary, even from an artistic standpoint. Got it. Oh, you. I'm curious to know what you think of uh, Bella Tar and. जनरली Indian uh, government has banned those sites, like right, in which in the realm of senses used to no, be there. No, it's on. Oh yeah, I mean, they used to be there. Yeah, but it's on like Criterion now. It's like a high profile. It's like a high profile porn. It's a high profile film. It's a film. It's a high profile film. Yeah. It's a prestigious. It's like Cannes winner, like best director winner. So it's yeah. very prestigious. Yeah. Okay. Drive my car, guys. 
in the realm has passed our senses but yes no but uh, the segue of in the realm to in the realm to drive my car is because of a very again, simple thing and that is the segue, prologue okay. it's the uh, prologue it's the yeah. prologue sequence which do let's start <laughs> with the prologue sequence yes so the prologue sequence is uh so drive my car to me at least is a fairly like it's got a fair amount of plot i think uh, so the prologue sequence kind of links to in the realm of the senses because sex plays a big role in mm-hmm. uh, drive my car also it's used as a device almost by its characters by one of the characters as a means to achieve professional goals yeah. and as as another person as a, as just a means of satisfaction uh, of pleasure uh that he thinks can be used to like you know just have a life post grieving their child's loss uh so i think the first sort of prologue is a lot about that relationship uh and unlike sort of in the realm of the senses you don't have gratuitous sort of depictions of it but there's a fair amount of uh, it's it's far more artistic in that it's yeah. not artistic it's like it's simulated so yeah it's simulated yeah and and it 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 always has more of a function than eroticism i suppose right because there is always a se- sense that there is something more to that means to an end sort of it's a means to an end for one character at least and because it is and because it is modern to making the colors are far more you know watered yeah. out washed out washed you know? out i mean the whole film looks a little had has has slickness to it for 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 the lack of a better word a yes. gleam to it like you know yeah. parasite had like a sheen sheen not clean sorry you know that sheen you of like architecture that, uh, almost prestige filmmaking ha huh. yeah it feels like a film which yeah. has money like a lot of money spent on shiny things not not uh, like it doesn't feel like that doesn't feel like a thing in any realm of senses yeah and i think so the film is basically uh, about the wife of this guy who uh, is a playwright uh, dies suddenly but after the guy finds out that he's she's had a affair with one of the co-stars he meets for like 5 minutes in the film and then the rest of the film is basically him staging the jap the, the, the multilingual play uh, for, for uncle vanya by it's by chekhov right uh, and while while uh, staging it he he tries to kind of come over his grief i suppose mm-hmm. by by opening up to people around him and trying to solve the mystery of his uh, of why his wife kind of cheated on him with the co-actor who turns out to also be part of his new play i don't know how well i've done this but anyways simon what do you think of it you watched it right now like literally just before we we are recording so so i don't know how to describe it Three hours film it was so <laughs> many. Films. That's the description. <laughs> It's three hours long. <laughs> Because I I thought the film would have some uh, something to like memorable I guess like that mm. explosion explosion of uh, emotions or something. Mm. But it was fairly simple film I felt. Yeah. Like a character just overcoming the grief. Yeah. Existential I... crisis. Yeah. and just having conversations and the conversations were enjoyable like hmm. we can observe the pain of the uh, protagonist yeah through the conversation he has yeah. and also the actress who plays the driver i'm forgetting yeah. the name uh, misaki watari is the character's name so uh, she yeah. also brings a charm to the character yeah like yeah. that cold 
introverted character yeah. i still need to unpack many things in the film yeah. i still need to process the film but i i was a little bit disappointed because it didn't fared out how i expected the film to be got it yeah amartya so when did i see the movie that's you the saw first... it fa- you saw it before all of us i think yeah that's what i'm wondering because mm. i think i think uh, i think word of mouth plays a huge part in how you are going to initially how you are going to ultimately perceive a movie because a hype hype is a funny thing mm. that's so when i had seen the movie i don't think the hype was there yet other than the fact that it was it was quite big at khan so my point of the movie is that this was the first time i saw a movie which which has a prologue which has a which is of a span of 40 minutes mm. and now apparently that is a thing now because even hollywood movies are doing that so really lovely yeah there is a movie called horror movie called fresh in which the uh, the title opening, appears opening credits come after 30 minutes Go so on. it's like yeah the thing which i admire is the fact that hamaguchi is in no hurry Mm. Yeah. Tell the story. The pacing, yeah. it's not slow cinema per se. It's very methodical. Yeah. There's a difference. There's a difference there. If you are making a methodical movie, each and every point of the movie, each and every aspect of the movie, why it is stretched out is supposed to have a point. At mm. the end of the day, drive my car is drive my car is about this husband who is trying to get over the loss of his wife. Both. Mm. both from the physical realm as well as from his emotional crux of it because yep. before he lost his wife he learned that he had already emotionally lost his wife because his wife yep. had already taken up as an taken up an affair yep so and after that he couldn't confront her because before because before because even before he could confront her she dies yeah so that amount of baggage for a character so for a character so introverted it internal internalizes you to a to a point that you forget almost how to communicate yeah and from that regard nishijima as an actor is absolutely perfect because he yeah. plays brooding guy like no other yeah it's, it, it, the second time i was watching it you know he's he's got a like a not a frown but you know he's got a line almost like yeah. close to his nose which like it seems like a frown and it's a consistent but it's not a distracting frown it's like someone who's again internalized it so much that it it almost wears him down from his face itself the other similarity which i think you you will appreciate is the fact that the tapes are playing inside the car which is also kind of like him trying to interact with his wife Yeah, yeah, yeah that's most, definitely in, that. In the most indirect way possible. Yeah, it's all. Yeah. It almost is. It's also very aesthetically similar to the disciple. Yeah, it's, I mean, his the presence of the wife is that throughout the film. That that's one of the best things about the film. I think the way it sort of communicates it. Not, I think tapes are of course one of the big things, but even through characters within the play they are staging, hmm. the female characters at times start to almost become her. Uh, mm. As in, like the wife character, and it kind kind of always uh, feels like her presence is there, and he needs to sort of, you know, almost exercise that presence to move on uh, or to live, and that things will be okay, which is like the big sort of takeaway by the end of the film. But like, and the other big takeaway is the fact that Kafuku's Kafuku, who's the the name of the character, that character, is, yeah, Kafuku's play. 
Kafuku's version of Uncle Vanya is a multilingual production yeah. of Uncle yeah. Vanya. By putting it as a multilingual production, which is already an eclectic concept, he is trying to showcase us that communication as a tool can be of a yeah. varied form. Because we already, because we also have a character here who is someone who can, who is someone who is speech impaired. Yeah, that's uh, I was about to get. This film has one of the best scenes of last year. Uh, yeah, and I watched it the second time, and even the second time, I was just close to. Uh, Tears yeah. when when this scene happens because it's such a lovely scene. It kind of captures, and I think the film. So, uh, c- confession is that the film didn't work for me as much as uh, it did the first time, and I was a little disappointed by that just because I expected it to maybe work better because I had read Murakami's text and I thought the text was fairly cringy and <laughs> uh, Hamaguchi actually did a much better job than I think a lot of it, filmmakers could do. With. It's like him. It's like him putting through the. Fl- that actually made the actually made the story feel far more structurally sound in yeah. a way. I mean, silence like, is such a big thing, right? In this film, that yeah, uh, that that film actually feels like a decent medium for it to uh, for for the thing rather than the actual short story, which is like ten how many thirty pages maybe? Which, yeah, thirty. Uh, yeah. yeah, more or less. It, it won't be. It won't be more than that. You know. Yeah, and and it's and also I I would also like to. I also kind of, you know, retroactively wanted to say that maybe the long runtime is because even grieving process is different for different people. Each and every yeah. person's grieving process takes a longer time. To yeah, no, uh, definitely. Re- I mean, I I think the film, whenever it's sort of main focus, and it it is there for the longest time, so attached to. Uh, Kafuku's Kafuku's character that everyone around him is a supporting character. Yeah, it feels very confident till the point where it diverts and switches focus more towards Vatari's character. That yeah. character in itself is a very great character, and the way they sort of begin to open up to each other is a lovely, more has lovely moments in it. But mm. the actual moment where the film. Uh, goes into her backstory and then has to resolve that as well as the uh, Kafuku character is where I kind of go. That feels very jarring, and it kind of also divorces itself totally from the Uncle Banya pro- uh, project at that point. Yeah, Which... because yeah, there are two things here. One, the number one is the communication as a tool aspect. That is the yeah. Uncle Banya production. Yeah. and the mm-hmm. other aspect is grief as a grief as a process how different it is for different people yeah. so from the beginning we have seen kafuku's process of grief which to be very fair isn't the most healthy prospect yeah and through interaction with watari by which he's trying to open up because he has to open up because she's yeah. the only one who is listening to the tapes and uh, just to add this detail i so my favorite part of the film is post the prologue and before one central conversation that happens in a car which is i think a 10 15 10 12 minute conversation there is oh, yeah. a 1 hour 20 minute section in the middle which i think is lovely like that's like i don't know if you are doing star ratings it's like a 9 to 10 close to that out of 10 uh so that section so what we were talking about opening up right the way he's opening up to vatari is also mimicked in how the production literally opens up from yeah. being a sitting uh production to then roaming around in the garden and everything and like 
all that sort of piling upon each other is lovely to see uh, it's like it's like it's like both of those both of these teams are getting intricately tied to each other so when the final yeah. so when the portion happens and watari story is being explored yeah that narrow point of view that solipsism you know that yeah in intricate tying up that yeah. suddenly that suddenly is removed and we are only focused on the grief aspect of it yeah that could feel jarring but i didn't buy i didn't i didn't mind it that much because i mm. was already bought into the fact that grief as a process is different for different people oh and, yeah yeah and in a way and in a way vatari's resolution of her grief more or less mm. kind of teaches him yeah, yeah, no, accept. That, I, i so that's that's the thing with drama carrying i totally get how one can draw meaning out of him uh, of the story pivoting to her perspective the it could also mean him breaking off from the play means he's actually diverting his attention away from something that he's also too bound up in and that he has to go and see someone else's grief outside of himself to to realize his grief again exactly. lots of ways it's a i've used this word recently open text where you can sort of find your meanings yeah as much as you open to interpretation right? yeah that's how it is Yeah, and that's a that's the good thing about and it. And that's how and that's how we connect. Drive my car to Rasamon. Open to interpretation. Yeah, open to interpretation. Stories we tell each other. Drive uh, my car has many means. It's varied interpretations, like for different people. Except for the things. ending, though. I think the ending ties up everything. Yeah. Like explain the ending. Isn't like what? I'm like, missing something. Like no ending hasn't hasn't like hasn't they they know where like they know that they should what's the 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 message of the film is kind of said in sign language right and it's kind of repeated then when they are at the uh, mountain and hugging each other it's the kind of attitude of we have to endure our pain and then we'll go and find glory after we are dead kind of like that or like we in the sense en- that we have to endure our pain we have to process through our grief to move yeah. on like we have to endure is kind of like that and the way of enduring goes through is by listening to each other is what i thought hmm. uh, uh like listening will kind of heal and if it doesn't even heal it's fine because it's going to be fine kind of like that like to me that's like a that's how it wraps up uh and i it's again bit, think it's a very positive it's a very positive message honestly. yeah because, I, oh. again think though this is this is like Uh, sorry for comparing this to coda but coda has three endings this kind of feels like this has three endings that's my other sort of point pro, pro, like it feels like it ends at the mountain then it feels like it ends at the play and then it feels like it uh, then it's the actual ending yeah. so i think uh, i think the play, i think the movie could have movie would have worked the best if it had just ended at the play but, yeah, but even both those, i think even the uh, mountain moment to me is like yeah, oh, perfect it was good like they yeah. visit the old town Old town, yeah. So uh, again, it's. I should I should again reiterate. Drive my car is one of those movies. I I wasn't the biggest fan. I got all the themes and everything. I wasn't the mm. biggest fan. The only reason why that movie even grew on me is because of that exact point. It grew on me. Yeah. It did not leave my head. Yeah. That yeah, movie is that movie. This is very deceptively is very complicated. It's like it, yeah. it's not. No, no, it's got complete like connections and layers and all that. It's like a nice which like maybe Murakami class. maybe Murakami inspires that. I know Simon Simon will get you on board someday. But like uh, burning, how can you not like it? But anyways, we'll get you on board <laughs> for that when we do our Li Changdong uh, episode. 
which, oh which i will go mad about cuz i i love his work but is that it guys do you have any other comments what about other japanese stuff nowadays which you think i mean the other film by hamaguchi itself actually i really like wheel I of fortune and fantasy i still haven't seen that see that's that. a great film i think uh, i kind I, of I prefer that over uh, draimaka but uh, that's my preference of anthologies so you can you can chalk it up to that uh, but yeah i think that's that's it i hope we've uh, convinced you to watch all three or at least two of them uh and yeah, at uh, least two yeah yeah and uh, the middle one was at your own risk honestly <laughs> yeah yeah uh, just take yeah i the, have another film it's oh leave it leave it no 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 say 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 go go oh, the, go the title is public laboratory i've been loitering <laughs> leave it i have heard of this movie yeah uh, let's not <laughs> Let's not talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Let's. On that it. note, thank you for listening to the podcast. Please yeah. subscribe to our podcast on uh, Spotify. Give us a like. Leave a review. Uh, talk about the awesome jokes we make, and how we make you laugh and cringe because that would help, and that would help more people know that we exist. Uh, and we, you can also follow Mr. Bong Cinephile at. I yeah. read the Bong Cinephile. and okay. letterbox the bong sinner okay and amartya on amartya acharya 25 at amartya 25 ha ha wo hi at amartya okay now i have fluffed it yeah. at amartya 25 and if you want to follow me you can follow me on uh, at terminal cinema uh, that's it and, uh, and follow us, give us follow us on our letterbox if you follow us on our letterbox yeah. if you are actually on letterbox We usually post the most there, you know. That's yeah. The and one. and uh, give us suggestions for other film movements, types of films that maybe you want us to discuss. Because we'd love to sort of learn more and uh, yeah, these, and talk yeah, about them. Yeah, this episode was good. Like uh, we we will see, like Simon. That. I will listen to it and judge. <laughs> I'm kidding. This is going out regardless. Okay. And <laughs> honestly, <laughs> and dog. honestly, if you and honestly, if you guys like this, and if you guys want us to discuss. mode of japanese cinema because or, yeah or even other stuff like just or even other stuff yeah. just you know suggest and, and yeah and, and movement i am in yeah and uh, if you want if you think this uh, this structure doesn't work well please suggest us if you have a way in which you would prefer us to talk about stuff because this is basically us trying uh hmm. different yeah. combinations of stuff so we would love uh, like the feedback if if you guys uh, would like to give it uh, we got some lovely feedback for, from the last episode by one listener but that's enough we we, okay. we even like that anyways thank you so much for listening and one Pratham. advice oh go ahead oh, keep watching pink films keep watching what pink films pink films khatam khatam khatam